Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. Hello. Oh, hello. Ooh. Are you a chino man now? Yeah, I'm uh, partial to a chino. Yeah. And uh, I don't wear socks. No, because you're a... um. What? What's the word? Cool cat. Yeah. Begins with C. <laughs> what does it end with? T. <laughs> <laughs> Fill in the blanks. <laughs> No that was one of my favorite jokes ever. That? No, in School of Rock, mm. where uh, Jack Black, who plays the teacher, mm. said, to, said to his uh, flatmate, read between the lines, <laughs> <laughs> and held up his three yeah. fingers. And obviously he's swearing. Yeah. But it's really well, read between the lines. I feel like when that film came out, that was a big, that, everyone was doing that for a while, weren't they? And, um, I still do that occasionally. Yeah, and the other one was um, in Superbad. Yeah. When when uh, Jonah Hill says something like, no one's worn cargo pants since now. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other part. That you love, really an, you love an old joke, don't yeah, you? That was the part that really got me. Uh, I had a great time today. Yeah, it was so fun, wasn't it? I, I, re- I think it was one of my favorite ones I've ever done. I'm going to put it out there. Mm-hmm. One, of my, one of my favorites of the year. This one? Yeah. Really good. Just great. Funny, interesting. Educational. Educational. Yeah, there you go. What is it? Learning, laughing. Yeah. Growing. (laughs) I'm trying to think of something with L, but growing. (laughs) We had Jordan Gray on the podcast. Jordan uh, is um, a comedian, was a singer, is also still a singer, and she is also transgender. Mm-hmm. She came on the podcast and um, just amazing. She rocked it. She freaking rocked it. She came in, she sat down, she blew our fucking minds. <laughs> yeah, she blew our fucking minds. And it's also one of these things where you, where when anyone ever walks into the room, everyone's always a little bit awkward. Well, they we're in, to say hi and things we're like that. We're an intimidating crowd. That's true. We yeah, when you walk into the studio of a smash hit global podcast. There you go. You know, People imagine how it's like walking into Joe Rogan's studio. <laughs> It's just elk meat everywhere, pills on the floor. <laughs> no, and just people like getting <laughs> sell things, whatever he does. Yeah, yeah, Stel, yeah. Sem. Yeah, Stel, yeah. Your body's yeah, bald. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's bald. Everyone's bald. <laughs> I like when Joe Rogan disagrees with people on his podcast mm. and he just goes, no. You're, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong. No. You're so no. wrong. You're so wrong. And then they almost, he, almost alpha, alpha, out alpha males them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He sort of tells them they're wrong and they go, well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe I am wrong. All right, buddy. Should we get on with it? It's a good one. This is a good one. We're going to kill it. I'm excited. There's a lot of good things in the pipeline. <laughs> enjoy it, everyone. Go and enjoy it.
Yeah, we people think we're quite posh because we have canned water. It's also the most elaborate thing I've ever seen in my life. This is like national treasure. Can you help me figure out it's, the puzzle? Yeah, it's try, very try hard to get Try and open it. it. You won't be able to. Do you want me to help? <laughs> try, no, try and open it. Yeah, can't do it. This is insane. Yeah, yeah. I'm a homo sapien. To... <laughs> I should be able to figure this out. I've got opposable thumbs. <laughs> should I try? Should I... Oh, I've got it. Do I've got to... it. Have you got it? <laughs> No, I don't. Yeah, right. There's right. What I've noticed is the word "open," so I'm going to go ahead and do that. <laughs> oh, that's the one who's trying to open uh, a canned water. Now got... you've put me under pressure. Now I've got yeah, to you try won't be able to do it. Remember how to do Should it. Should I just do it? For oh, there we go. There we go. Thank you. And then you slide that back. It's like um, what do they call it? The hygiene seal when you buy like underwear in Ann Summers and they have the little thing, and yeah, once you've yeah, broken yeah. that, you can't take it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Like what's, little... the, what's the hygiene seal? In, on the um, on like knickers and stuff, there's like a, a strip like or like this that you can see. Other waters are available, but on this particular <laughs> can, there's a bit of plastic, and once that's been removed, you can't then take it back. It's presumably you've worn it and you didn't yeah. wear it with plastic. So now this is open. You couldn't. Jamie give pretending this to another guest. he's actually banned from Ann Summers as well. He doesn't know what that is. Is. So I used to go there and sniff all the underwear. <laughs> Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> Why would I be banned from Ann Summers? Yeah, you'd know. have to do something pretty awful. You, yeah, also, you tell um, us, Jay, you <laughs> I wasn't banned from Ann Summers. I got banned from the Warhammer store. What did you do in the yeah, Warhammer the store? The Games Workshop. Yeah. I was sniffing all the Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, do you remember the, the, the Warzone, what was it called? The Games Workshop? Yeah, the, you just yeah, said that. Yes, yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, I forget the your games. The Games Workshop, yeah. And I used to play a game with my friends where we'd walk in and you would steal as much as you can. Mm. And right. then, yeah, yeah, it's a really horrible game. Oh, that game's <laughs> called, the game it's called shoplifting, isn't yeah. it? That game? <laughs> yeah. And then I would walk out and you would see, and you'd go to your friends and see how much you stole. And I got caught doing it sure. in Oxford. So I wasn't allowed to so funny. go in there I again. I you've turned that into a game. That's just petty crime. No, it's yeah. not. That's, I did. I got, I got caught shoplifting quite a lot as a kid. Did you shoplift or never? Uh, no, I remember my brother being reprimanded for nicking a can of Coke. Yeah. Uh, and it terrified me for the rest of my life. What happened? Yeah, well, you were terrified by that can. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's still I've got scared. a really embarrassing question. I still can't figure out how to get into it. So it's open, <laughs> but I don't know how to get the liquid into my no, mouth. I think, like, I think what you do is you slide that back. No! <laughs> and then there's the little... That's Does wonderful. It? Thank you. Water comes out of that. There we go. Have, okay. you, have you now got it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. There's a, I can't believe there's a sliding mechanism. Wait. Like, I'm not going to finish it in one it go. Is just in case it is, a, it is amazing. Are yeah. you guys saying as kids you didn't ever steal anything? Come Genuinely on. can't remember. No, stealing. I don't think I would steal anything. I, I, it, the guilt would plague me forever. I'm, I've, I'm not, I wouldn't be very good at that. What do you mean? What would it plague you? You'd be worried about. What? I'd worry so much if I stole something, even if yeah. it was tiny. But what do you, did you have a best thing you stole or in your mind? Was uh, it just yeah, a hoodie, a, a, a car, hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone's virginity. <laughs> um, I did. I stole a um, hoodie from right. Primark. Oh my okay. god! And I and I, I, I wasn't a real thief. It's just if you're gonna steal clothing, why not go a bit more upmarket? Because I think there was more danger with going to Ralph Lauren yeah, and something. That's true, you you, you want to start right. like lower. Start low, yeah. And it wasn't really then about the, the price because I imagine one of those figures in Games Workshop is worth more than a Primark. Yeah, they're pretty, worth probably, a lot, right? They're well. quite pricey. Were they quite pricey? Yeah, they are. <laughs> really? yeah. Were they, the yeah. Warhammer pieces yeah. were quite. No. Pre painted and they're still pretty like <laughs> no. intricate things. Yeah. They're quite scary to go into those Games Workshops, aren't they? Yeah. If, they're if not you, around yeah. anymore. Are they not around? No, they're not around. I don't think you don't see fine because you buy everything on Amazon. Mm. If you're not into Warhammer, they're quite intimidating. They used to be intimidating to go into. The, the thing that I saw, you'd walk in and there'd be like a 55 year old man painting a soldier in the corner in silence. <laughs> <laughs> you'd immediately regret going in. <laughs> you'd immediately feel out of your depth. 
you just do like a lap of the shop and then leave. Yeah, nod really politely. Nod and then, and then leave. And yeah, pick up one of those because uh, it's similar you shops. You had to do yeah. something. You had to do something in there, right? So you exactly. pick up what? what like um. Well, it, sometimes it's like a model shop as well. So the fake mini trees <laughs> yeah, yeah, or something yeah. that you put on. Just like pretend to look like, at oh, something. Yep, yeah, no, yeah. I've, yep, I've got similar ones at home. Yeah, and then put it back. Give a little nod and leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, why is it always that knowing nod? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, it's why. Yeah. Why does that always happen, especially in America? John, have you have you been to America before? <laughs> Oddly, I'm going for the first time on the first of May. Going to okay. go out there and do the Netflix oh, festival out there. Oh, cool. LA, New York, and back. Yeah. Oh, cool. Wow, you're really you're going for it. Scary, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So get ready when you go there, because when you walk into shops, especially in New York, this is what I found. You walk in there, and it's like a shotgun. They go, hey, how you doing? And you go, oh, God, hi. Yeah. The, and the customer service is a bit intense, and isn't it? And you feel like you have to buy something in there. And if you don't buy anything, then you're sort of an outcast. Yeah. Right? I feel like that happened. So you're going there for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've been really apprehensive because I'm a transgender person. And normally it wouldn't bother me. And then all of a sudden I saw a good friend of mine, um, Danny St. James, did a, a little Instagram post about it. She went through a machine at, at F J JFK. JFK. Yeah. And it's like a gender machine. So it's like beep, beep, male, beep, beep, female because of the shape of the body. And she went through. <laughs> what? And it goes, <laughs> like, no, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it, it, so beep, beep, female. I don't know if it announces like loud, but it comes up. And then, and then they said, I'm sorry, um, do you have something concealed? Because the female body's there. And then the computer recognizes there's something that shouldn't, shouldn't in inverted commas be there. And it was a willy. And she said this on, on Instagram. This isn't a private story. And they were like, um, can, do you want to be searched as a man or a woman? I'm like, that's what a dehumanising experience. What? So I was, I've been really nervous about going. Oh, that is, I'd be nervous. That's but scary. She's, she took it with like, like a proper champ. She's yeah. really... So, so this... She's transgender, by the way, as well. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah this is important. She, she wasn't she concealing have, something. Yeah, she okay, yeah. just have a okay. penis in her pocket. Yeah. She was a dismembered penis. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh that, is, that must be quite intimidating. I suppose, yeah. But also, John, I suppose that... I don't know, because this is the first time we've met. But um, I'm sure you've probably had other similar scenarios throughout your life, which you have been made to feel uncomfortable or you have felt uncomfortable, you felt um, awkward or whatever it is, because I, I want to know your whole background. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so and everything. So you grew up in Essex. I did uh, in deepest, darkest Thurrock, which is like the bit in the middle. Mm. And it really feels like when you're going through Essex, it's nice, 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 nice. And not to speak ill of it, you go through Thurrock and it feels really dark and horrible. <laughs> and then you come out the other end in South End and it's quite nice and sunny. <laughs> God, so it's, like a yeah, story. it's really horrible. It's like a permanent cloud over Thurrock. <laughs> I think it's because like I lived in a place called Tilbury Town and we are sandwiched between the actual like dump, <laughs> the biggest dump in the world. It's proper like the 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 docks of Tilbury and the railway so there's nowhere to go you just keep going follow the railway tracks like a little like an 80s movie oh like God. the little kids in the railway well, like stand by me yeah <laughs> you follow it and then you're like oh I'm in London oh brilliant it worked <laughs> yeah so that's amazing so you follow the train track up you get all the way yeah uh, but, and so then brothers and sisters yeah a younger brother and younger sister and I don't know about you do you, do you you've got loads haven't you you've got like steps and yeah and I got loads. loads I got loads I'm the least funny one out of all of us. I'm a comedian, <laughs> but I'm definitely the least funny. And I feel like a lot of entertainers sort of feel like that way sometimes. Like they, they've got a much funnier one. And my, yeah. my sister's a, a, a actual Disney princess. Like she's hired to be a Disney princess, you know. Yeah. So oh, she's wow. the pretty one and my brother's the funny one. And I'm a comedian that's trying to be, a, I don't know, a pretty comedian. Yeah, I'm we like, were talking about this earlier. We were saying that most comedians are quite quiet and quite... Uh, yeah, but why is that? Quite Because quite, I think they're all, they're, they're sort of taking everything always in, watching, aren't they? Always watching. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's what it... But you're, you're, are you a watcher? You're not much of a watcher. 
Are you? Uh, am I a watcher? Well, I don't know because I think I feel like com- comedians are always the type of people who um, they're always sort of remembering what's happened. They go, oh, I could have done that, or I yep. could have changed that, or oh, that's quite funny. Mm. They're quite sort of they're quite thoughtful, I suppose. So Definitely. as as a as a child, were you always thoughtful? Yeah, that's such a good observation about it for sure. You're always uh, looking at everything on a little slant, and the shape of your brain changes, doesn't it? Like mm-hmm. trying thinking of what what's the potential funny in this. And it maybe yeah. pushes you away from certain kinds of people that just want to have an easy life. And you're like, no, 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 can like... This yeah, yeah. Because it's a very British thing as well, isn't it? The first time you meet somebody new, you want to make them laugh as quickly as possible to yeah. sort of solidify. I don't know if that's, you know, to what other countries that translates, but it feels really English to be who can be the first one to make the other one laugh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but also, I suppose the big question is, and, and also you have to forgive me because sometimes I get, uh, I may get terminologies wrong. And I think this is the point where you can educate me on certain things, right? As you said, you're transgender. And when you when did you decide that you felt like you were in the wrong body? So like um, I reckon about twenty. It was about twenty four. Um, I had a whole career in in music. Did about ten years in music. Um, I transitioned, and it is a feeling that you hear that a lot. Of people say like, "Oh, it, born into the wrong body." I feel very much more like it's like a pragmatic decision that I'm just I serve society better as a woman than I do as a man. I've not got a male skill set. I've got more of a female skill set, which is a huge generalization. Mm. But I feel like I'm not like um, I'm not much of a lone wolfy type person. I'm, I'm very yeah. good at keeping social groups together. You're a pack animal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the way you said it, it, was, it was sounded really aggressive. <laughs> I know what you meant. It was really nice. It was a nice. Why I didn't say, mean that. Sound like why did insult. you emphasize the P? You really hit the P <laughs> hard. Really You're a pack animal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somehow you wanted to get involved. Yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're a yeah. pack animal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't um, mean that to sound like that. Nice. Um, and yeah, just f- feel better um, serving society as a woman. And then I did um, did a TV show called The Voice in 2016. Mm. Um, and I sort of, uh, I was the first transgender person to do that. And it's it was like a even me in real time figuring out what it meant to be transgender because suddenly you're transgender in front of lots and lots of people so I'm figuring out what that means to people at the same time as what it means to me wow that must be tricky right <clears throat> mad really mad because how do you discover though. yeah how, but how do you because I imagine right <clears throat> it's one of these things that you know first firstly because in life right we we, we always want to find out about ourselves and we, we 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 hide things and we don't hide things and we we reveal the it's very hard to reveal lots of things about ourselves but I suppose when you walk on stage in front of an audience and you're still trying to figure out how how you are as a person, that must be quite tricky because you don't really know what the response is going to be. Yeah, exactly. It's so strange watching those things back. I'm going to do a little cough and have some of this yeah, lovely, yeah, complicated yeah, yeah. water you're you give me. You're a pack animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearing your throat with like, pack yeah, yeah. You're a pack animal. Okay. Cough uh, as much as you yeah. want, honestly. Uh, <laughs> it's not what you think, by the way. It's, yeah, I'm fine. Um, the, I, I, went, I went on and uh, watching those old uh, recordings back of the show, I'm talking in a really high register, really unnaturally high register because yeah. I've overcompensated. Yeah. I've walked on like, hello everyone, it's nice to meet you all. Really weird and silly. Um, and I've, <laughs> I've worked my way back down now to, you know that when you, I don't know if you've ever done a fake accent in front of someone yeah. and then you realise it's gone too far and you can't yeah. go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've had to slowly come back to this Johnny Cash that I speak now. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought so you were overcompensating yeah. to be like, well, I have to talk I have really to, Yeah, I just to, uh, so people know. Um, it's really strange. I was um, My coach was a lovely lady called Paloma Faith and we had this conversation. I had to She's sing, amazing. Isn't she wonderful? Oh Isn't my she God, amazing? she is. And it's great in person, I hope. 
uh, just incredible. The, and every I've only known her since then, but everyone says she, she hasn't changed since she was 16. She's just the same person. She always Wicked. was a great person. But um, she chose uh, This Woman's Work by Kate Bush for me to sing, which is right up there. Obviously, it's huge yeah. and it's not really my register. And I said, I'm going to end up sounding like a cartoon of a woman, which is the opposite <laughs> of my whole life. I'm trying to be an authentic woman. Yeah. And she said, just stop fucking worrying about it just yeah. sing the song and it changed my whole life so i did yeah. it quite low actually it was really nice yeah yeah she's she's done a lot for me in terms of learning who i am as a person i think is it right that that um it was during the voice that you decided you wanted to be a comedian yeah not a singer definitely there's a there's a bit where they, they i think it's called marvin's corner and you're sitting uh on a like couch and watching the other people and they i was wearing this bright red suit and the couches were bright red and they gave me the microphone to say how are you feeling how's it going and I just thought it'd be funny to make a joke about, I wonder if I could disappear live on television if I slip into the couch and close my eyes. Yeah. I was like, this is way more fun than singing, trying to make people laugh, like that yeah. many people at the same time. So that's yeah. definitely sowed the seed. Is, is there a thing though that um, I've always had this ever since growing up is that maybe it's a, for, for me, laughter was always a, a way to get out of situations. Like you can make someone laugh or it makes it not awkward. Or um, if you're feeling a bit shy, you can make people laugh. And that's how I've always used comedy. Have you always have you used it that way i was jealous of people like you that could do that when i was a kid i yeah uh, the best people in school even if i knew that they weren't the cool kids that they were called to me if they could make everybody laugh yeah and i I revered them so much and you know you meet those people now and they're probably not in the industry at all they're probably just funny people doing living their lives yeah but yeah i wanted to be those people so much and i think they say it a lot. A lot of singers want to be comedians and a lot of comedians want to be rock stars. Yeah. And you get people like, like a, say, like a Ricky Gervais who had a whole career in music or a mm. Lee Evans, I think was a comedian before, uh, a mm. musician before. I um, Yeah, so I've done 10 years in music and it's really funny now to look back on what is essentially a failed music career. It's, it's gold. <laughs> it's absolute gold for comedy because you took it so seriously at the time. Yeah, um, but that's I, I I admire you because what it seems like you've done throughout your life is you you just gone with what you feel is right, which I think a lot of people don't do. I, there's an Oscar Wilde quote, right, which I actually said yesterday, William, on the podcast, which is so good. I heard Stephen Fry said he said, um, people, it, it's I'm going to murder it, but it, it says it's something like people who um, know what they want to do in life um, are going to lead a life of um, a, lead a cursed life. People who don't know what they want to do in life actually leaves, lives, lives a much more interesting life, which is kind of true. If you want to be a nurse or a doctor or a, I know, a bricklayer or whatever it is, it's, you kind of know what you're going into. Mm. But actually what's more amazing is that throughout your life you pivot and you change and you go, you know, I was a singer now, but actually now I'm going to be a comedian. And to have that kind of um, confidence to go and do that is quite rare. Mm. I think I would you're say. the first person that's actually ever said that to me and it's sort of hit home then that's a really nice way of saying it thank you like yeah uh, it is terrifying because there's no plan B when you take on music full time seriously yeah. was, this is what I'm always going to do and then I brought out a single and it was like um, I was nervous and too many it's like too many cooks spoiled the broth a lot of producers and stuff and I was like oh, oh blimey so I was like oh, I'll, I'll stand back and <laughs> oh, let did, it yeah. did you hit your head <laughs> no no it's the can <laughs> that this, can is this proving can is, to yeah. me really <laughs> You just <laughs> this can is so complicated. Yeah, yeah. I think it's become sentient and it's decided to get involved with the it's podcast. It's like a possessed can. Yeah. Um, my, my point was that... Um, the other day I was talking, I smacked the mic onto my tooth and it chipped it. Oh my God, you right. conversation, I was Everything fine. looks nice now. Yeah, I had to get so it fixed. I had to oh, carry on. And then the tooth came out and I went, I'm fine, don't worry about it. I've got these two little uh, fake teeth, right? This is this is advice for anyone, right? That if you've quoted what, a, like um, ven- like veneers, right? You'd wish they were veneers. Yeah, um, I bought them off the internet. Not, <laughs> right? I bought these beads. Bought them off I'll the show internet. you. I'll just show you, right? So I'm missing these two teeth. 
Oh, is it going to come straight Oh, my God. <laughs> what it is, stop, stop. is these little... <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> what it is... No, because this is a really like, public scary. service announcement. You buy these little beads. They're called thermo beads. They're tiny, tiny little things. You take about 10 or 11 and you put them in a cup of hot water and they melt, pop them into a gap that you've got. It's got to be like one tooth gap. If you've got more than that, you need... To, yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you pop them in, you you weave yeah. them around and you just mould them and mould them, pop them out. And then, then it's like a bit of Lego that you can pop in and out for 30 quid instead of what I was quoted, maybe two and a half grand. I'm just wow. not into that right now. Because can you I've, eat with them in? You can, but what happens is they're not normal teeth, right? So the second anything with any colour touches them, they turn that colour. So these are like, it's so minging, but this is like yellow now because I had like a, a curry. Curry what, this morning? No, like two weeks ago. I just haven't changed them. But you can, you can re, um, redo them. That's great. So it's 30 quid. You, you bowl them, they mould uh, them into your We teeth. are actually sponsored this podcast by those two. <laughs> That is amazing. They're great. And uh, when they come a bit out of shape, pop them back in and just remold them, literally. And, and you can make maybe a hundred teeth out of the pack that they give you. It's like a massive bag of beads. And, you, and also, because they come out bright white, you need to dip. This is so stupid. You've got to put them, them in, in the curry. some tea. Right. You put them in some tea for half an hour to, so they're the same colour as your natural teeth if you've got teeth like mine, which are a little bit yellow. Yeah. Um, but this is, too great, great this is too far. Great advice. Great advice. That is great advice. Well, I think we're done. Is this, guys? <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> coming on that was excellent just going back to that is so just because I do think I think it's hard to pivot I think it's hard to pivot in life and I think what happens is I definitely I did I, I did a reality show for 10 years 11 years because I felt I was too scared to leave it and I really clung on they were literally like we're gonna have to murder you if you don't get off this show um, but I found it very scary and a lot of people stay in jobs you know accounting whatever it is and not enjoy it but you um, you went from one uh, not very secure career of singing with to another not very secure yeah. career of comedy. When which you've is, gone from... You like not yeah. being very... maybe, maybe what you like is financial <laughs> instability. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, that's what I'm saving. <laughs> that's, that's, I've saved a lot of money on these, so it's fine. Yeah. But yeah. It, going, once you've gone from man to a woman, I think anything past that, the change is quite... Yeah. Once you've done that, then singing to comedian seems easy, doesn't it? Yeah, people, you don't get as much credit after yeah. you yeah, <laughs> yeah, change yeah, careers yeah, after that's that. True. Um, that's true. Yeah, just uh, maybe it's that. It's, going from one gender to another, it's, it's, like com it's sort of complicated, but it's also very, very simple depending on how you look at it. It gives you that confidence. Well, if that changed and it, and I didn't explode, then it'd yeah. probably be right to go from singer to a, singer to comedian to zookeeper to whatever I want to do next. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to be a comedian for the rest of my life, but you never know. A zookeeper could be a good next one. When yeah. when you do change from um, a man to a woman, um, obviously there, there are, I imagine there are a huge amount of complications and and things that you have to go through. I mean, I imagine it's not an easy process. And how, how does it even, how did it happen for you? What was your experience with it? So it's, it, it, that's a really good point. It is different from everyone. So I can only really speak for myself. <clears throat> um, um, I guess my experience is the same as a lot of people's. It, it's, uh, it, you don't necessarily need all the surgical intervention that is offered to you. Like when I went, right. So I had, and my, my boobs were done. Well, I'm grabbing my boobs on a podcast. <laughs> um, they were done as part of a, an ITV show called Transformation Street. They did them for me on the show, which was yeah. nice. Cause then I was like, there's cameras pointed at my boobs for that. So they're not going to fuck them up. <laughs> they're filming. <laughs> so they're going to have to be really nice because yeah. it's on TV. Um, yeah. <laughs> why did I have to tell you that? Oh, right. Because I, so I've had, I've had the boobies, but I've, I've still got my little gummy worm downstairs because it, it doesn't matter because it's, yeah. you know, everyone's different and it's not like yeah. you, there's not an end goal for everybody. Some, for some people, there is some yeah. people are happy. I like how you call it a gummy worm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, You'll have to declare that at JFK <laughs> as well, remember. <laughs> <laughs> writing on the form yeah, yeah. anything to declare yeah, yeah, yeah. Worm. Got my... any foods or vegetables <laughs> yeah. got my gummy worm that's... Yeah. I just think it's quite cute 
There's so many euphemisms. Imagine how many I must hear of a daily basis from mm. hecklers in the crowd. Mm. That's just a nice one. That I That's a nice one, isn't gummy it? Yeah. Still got your gummy worm. Is that what uh, someone you know, shouted? People from... shout the stupidest stuff. Tangent, tangentially, yeah. let's hold on here. What do people shout? What do so, we have? Someone said the other day, It was it, sometimes hecklers just get into a conversation with you and you're like, I'm, I'm at work. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to do my job. It goes, um, <laughs> people with transgender people getting free boob jobs, which I didn't get free, but a lot of you get free boob jobs on the NHS. Um, they said it's holding up the queue for people with genuine medical emergencies. Yeah. And I was very fortunate that I was able to have a comeback because you don't always have a comeback. I was like, if you are worried about, like, if your doctor that's doing, like, your upcoming brain surgery is the same one yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, doing yeah. the boob jobs, get another doctor. <laughs> Please get another doctor because that's not the person you want doing it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's holding anything up important. That's his one job that he does is boobs. <laughs> He's not. He's not like. Oh no! Quick! Now I've got to do a liver. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing Just a boob. I'm doing a boob at nine a.m. and a brain transplant at twelve. It's not, like calm they're down. Not, they're not just jumping into different things. Yeah. Do you get heckled with stuff like that a lot? I'm very lucky. I'm all right. Like, yeah. um, I'm very. Um... Does anyone ever shout pack animal at you? <laughs> just this one time, I was on a podcast. Now they're going to throw cans is, at you. Yeah. Now they're going to do that. Yeah. yeah. I was. Really, I was on this podcast. I was fiddling with this water. I was really nervous, and this guy just, just called me a pack animal. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't get that much stuff shouted, but my whole, uh, if I have a brand, it's, um, I think I'm super approachable. Um, the nicest thing people say after is, I wasn't sure how I felt about you at first, but fair play, I feel like I could go for a pint with you. Yeah. Which would be fruitless because I'm like 10 years sober, but yeah. I would still go for a chat with them. Are you 10 years sober? Yeah, maybe 11 now. Yeah, 10 or 11 years. Congrats. Thanks I, very much. I was wow. literally saying today... Um, you should be so, but that's what yeah, we were saying. I know, I know, I actually should. Alcohol yeah. really doesn't suit me. Like, mm. when, I, when I drink... It gets I, very violent. When no, I don't get violent <laughs> at all. I just, be, I become uncontrollable, almost. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Uncontrollably angry. <laughs> it's never angry, it's just uncontrollable. <laughs> Tom, once we were um, at a party, and Tom once described my behaviour as someone who had left prison and hadn't had a drink for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is scary. <laughs> Yeah, so why did you become sober? <laughs> I, I value my brain quite a lot because I wasn't funny and I wasn't pretty or whatever. So I think, I, but I was sort of quite brainy. I was like one of the you know top kids. Mm. I was in top set for everything apart from PE. So it says a lot that <laughs> that's, that was who I was as a person. Yeah. And then I, I drank so much in my sort of early 20s and I wrote a novel thinking I was like Ernest Hemingway. I thought, this is amazing. I've invented the idea of a metaphor. And then I sobered up one day and read it and it was the worst piece of shit I've ever read in my life. And that's it. That day after I was like, I can't, I can't do that wow, for the rest of my life wow. because I want to be thought of as a sort of a, a clever person. Yeah. And this is not working. This is so shit. Do you know, I just, that's the same what I'm feeling at the moment. So um, <clears throat> I think it, it, it's so funny how you say it. Maybe this is so, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is just incredibly narcissistic, but it's not. I, it's not meant to be. But I, I think I cared throughout my 20s and teens. So teens, I played a lot of sport. So that's what kind of gave me who I was, right? So I was, I was a sport captain and things like that. And you can, you, I'm just, by, just by association, you're kind of considered popular, I suppose, because you're in the sports team. Then in my 20s, um, it was all about kind of what I sort of looked like. So I always wanted to make myself look the best. So I would, you know, moisturize or go have spray tans or something, you know, that. And then when you get to your 30s and I'm in a, you know, I'm getting married and all these different things, kind of that all goes. So actually you just go, oh, actually the most important thing is your brain. That, that's what you yeah. kind of have in your brain because you want to mm -hmm. have conversations and you want to learn things. Like now, before I would never want to go to the opera. I would love to go to the opera now because you, you, it's different. You engage with things. And, yeah. and with alcohol for me, I, I, I realize when I drink now, it ruins my quickness, my conversation, my, um, 
uh, sort of attitude towards life, my sort of um, everything. And and a lot of people drink and they don't realize that, that it sort of dumbs them down so much. Yeah, it's like branded as like liquid rapport, like I drink this and I'm going to be able to be friends. But it's the mm. opposite because it puts you on a different wavelength very quickly, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. unless you were drinking at the exact same time with someone and you've yeah. got the exact same blood alcohol level, yeah. you're, you're moving further away from someone. Uh, what is your prevailing emotion when you drink? If you're angry, no, I'm not angry. No, that was a joke. Sorry, joke? he's not What's, angry. Because I, I just remember I, I got lazy. I drink and just get lazier and lazier and lazier until I fell asleep. Also, the the place I worked at most, uh, this this bar where I play music, they pay me for the month and I just spend it. Yeah. just there until yeah. the next month so it's a really horrible cycle what's your what's yeah, well, your I, I, I get really quiet I just I go really you in, get quite in, touchy into, <laughs> I, I get very touchy feeling yeah, yeah. and um, I just like go into myself and I think I get like really quiet and sort of in my own head and people worry about me a lot wait wait when you're drinking well I'm just not allowed drunk I'm like a I'm like a very quiet drunk um, like a, there is a lot of I, I find a lot of pleasure to be derived from being the ghost at the feast. Do you know that whole thing of like, yeah. like oh, they're all right. And yeah, you're, you're yeah. Like, I wonder what they're thinking. I'm a, big, I, the I, I'm a big one for like leaving and not saying goodbye to anyone. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a big thing for me. Yeah. Getting really drunk and then people just go, where's, Tom's just gone. He's just disappeared. What an enigma. I, yeah. Love, yeah. That. I, love, I love that saying, ghost at a feast. That yeah. is great. I can't remember where it came from, but yeah, it's like. It's a good name for a Netflix special. Just sitting in the corner and I'd love to be that rich and anonymous that yeah. I could own a bar that nobody knows sit in the corner sit in the corner and they're we'll like, sit behind one like, of those don't, don't go up to her she's thinking about two way windows <laughs> yeah. watching everything yeah. <laughs> don't go up to her she's, th- she's thinking about she's stuff she's thinking about something I can't wait to like win an amazing award and then just sit miserably in the corner all night <laughs> and all the agents and everything they're like oh should we go and say hi no don't she's 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 an artist yeah 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 she's thinking like, about it artist. yeah Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But um, yeah, I think with alcohol, I think with alcohol, um, yeah, it's, I've definitely got to a place now where it's, and it's not the same thing where, oh, I can't do this. Because I don't really get like that. I get drunk and I wake up and I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. I was drunk. And it's not that bad. It's more just my brain. I, I'm just concerned about my brain because I can definitely feel, maybe it's because we don't, uh, my metabolism isn't as quick or whatever it is, but it dumbs you down. Especially for a comedian like you, Thomas, your, your brains are so important mm. to you guys for your quick wit, your writing, your whatever, your performance, everything. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you, why would you want to ruin that? Yeah. And there's people that have maybe never been on stage without having had a little nip first, a little tipple. And then those people, they, it's terrifying to think going yeah. on stage for the first time without having. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. The, the oh, thing, really? the thing of, have that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, sure. When I started doing stand up, there were definitely people I gigged with who would drink before they would go on stage. And I always used to think that was like a real thing to try and avoid because they get really, they get reliant on it. And people would say, Would you ever do a gig drunk? 
And the worry is not that you do a gig drunk and it's bad. The worry is you do a gig drunk and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to do that yeah. every time. Definitely. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's never, it's never, you just get a bit more confidence, I suppose. So then you just say the jokes better or you, you play well, with someone in the yeah. crowd more. It's not, I guess, I, I guess. I mean, it I doesn't make your comedy better, right? Because your comedy is your writing. Yeah. I, yeah. It is, it's maybe making bolder choices, but then I've noticed maybe it's a bit of a life hack. If I'm, so, so many can't yeah. wait is it about the bees again right, yeah. so let me take I the know, you're a pack animal <laughs> you you pop, your pack tooth, animal. pop your tooth out <laughs> you put them in backwards you do really bad um, if you soak them yeah. in vodka and pop them back in sneaky little trick <laughs> they, uh, you're not technically it, drinking when you're um, really tired I, I make bolder choices on stage yeah. because I guess yeah your blood, your, your heart rate's just lower or whatever yeah. and I've, I've had <laughs> yeah, some that's it. <laughs> I've yeah, had some yeah. of the best gigs when I've had horrible jet lag heart rate's like a sniper <laughs> what you want to do is sit backstage and lower your heart rate to about four beats a minute and then go on stage heart rate like a sniper no but I, I was talking about this with um, Joel Domit the other day we were saying that sometimes if you're I mean you won't get this because you don't drink but if you're hungover or if you feel a bit ill you have a really good gig because you're not as nervous because you're too oh, really? much, you're, you're, you're not thinking about the gig so much so it's actually much better that's interesting. So but try and be ill all the time. <laughs> I, um, wait, oh, John, I want to go back to um, your own experience when you transitioned. Sure. You, we, didn't, we didn't continue that. And you said like everyone else is a different, but, and everyone sure. else is personal to themselves. So what was your experience with it? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I'm very lucky. Uh, my mum's a lesbian, so I was part of the LGBT uh, plus sort of crowd. For, I've been to a million prides before I even knew what a transgender person was when I was little sort of growing up. So it wasn't a difficult conversation to have with her. My dad is a, is a proud Yorkshire man, which is not a generalization, but he is much harder. So I texted him and I felt really bad that that's how I had to do it. I sent him a really long text explaining what's happening now. Like, and, um, you know, and it, I was so, so terrified. And I just got like a really short text back that just says, you're always going to be my kid. And I was like, oh, oh my oh, God, that's amazing. amazing. Like, and he's not like the most, he's a really lovely man, but he's not like the most uh, wordy. Uh, yeah. As you tell from that text, he's not Shakespeare. It's just, but <laughs> yeah. he nailed it. I was like, oh, that's lovely. And then it was really quick. Because you can, if, if the NHS, a wonderful organization, but there's, a, as you can imagine, a huge waiting list for so, so much. I very quickly went private, which is not that expensive, really, but I just wanted to get it done. My GP had no idea what I was talking about when I said I was yeah. transgender. Yeah. So I, I went <laughs> to... Yeah. No idea. He had just no idea. He well, thought sex change was the money you saved on the teeth. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's it. Exactly. It's all in there. Yeah. <laughs> These are women's teeth, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there's two different kinds. Um, he, uh, so the, the GP had no idea and the specialists were wonderful. So I said, look, I'm, I'm a, I think I'm probably a woman, actually. Can I please have some medical intervention yeah. on this front? Like, um, it's, it's, a, it's a pragmatic, practical conversation. You can imagine um, that there's like, I suppose, a cliche People assume when it's a younger person that's still just exploring their sexuality, which is a different thing for one. Yeah. That this this idea of, of a phase or they're just exploring themselves, there can be both. You can it can be a phase, yeah. but you can land on a very important life decision. You can't just dismiss it as a phase. But I was twenty four, so I was like 24. a grown up in most people's minds. So it, it, they did it. It was very quickly, just like a very. Um, it's just a normal procedure. They're like, oh, okay, you're transgender. Right? So, so can I ask a, a naive question? When, when, yeah, when you kind, when yeah, you, um, I've got so many naive questions. Yeah, can I, can I ask loads? I'm so okay. Go, you go first, Tom. When you decide that that's what you want to do, and you go and speak to the GP, and you say, how how long before that, and it actually happened? Do they make you wait for an amount of time? That's the so that you yeah. you know you want to do it. Is that what they do? Or? It's that's a it's a huge myth. 
there's some truth to the fact that there's waiting lists for any medical thing you want ever. If you call up and you've got gallstones, sometimes it can take a month. But um, no, it's very, very quick for when you go private. Um, they have to check you, you know, you're okay. And being of sound mind, that's kind of, it's all a big lie. That's not really, you don't need to live as a woman for five years. I oh, think I, I thought that's what it was. Um, no, but some people are just because of circumstance that if the list is so long, just to be seen by somebody, it can take years and years and years. Wow. But I think in a few months, I had my first consultation and then I maybe had my first estrogen pill. Um, I take four, two milligram pills of estrogen every day. That's, yeah. that's my only, that's all I have. I've, a boob job and those pills and then that's it for me um, maybe three uh, six months maybe six months after I first went in and I was and okay. that was just just because of were you uh, nervous though when you first started because that's quite a quick process because I can imagine it's one of these things that you, you you've obviously you know you, you don't make it instantly but I'm sure you've been mulling it over in your own mind and considering it for so long and then you you have the conversation and then they say okay fine and then two months later you're then in and then you know three to six months later you'll start to you're taking estrogen estrogen or estrogen estrogen I, I'd go with either. I, I, now you've said it, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, own, no, I, don't know what I think I was saying estrogen. I earlier. think you were saying estrogen. Oh, I thought it was estrogen. estrogen. But then Sorry. you start taking um, those. When you first get the pill, it, it, that must be quite nerve wracking. You know it's so cool because um, transgender men and women, we don't necessarily have that much in common apart from our lives are quite hard. <laughs> struggle, but they're very different things. But what, they, what we both say is that first time you have either the testosterone or the estrogen, everyone thinks it's going to be this big moment. And all of a sudden you pop it and you just sit back and you're like, oh, this is so chill. Your brain just goes, yeah. oh, that's what it's supposed to feel like. And it could be a placebo or it could be real. Yeah. But, um, yeah wow, are you it's so serious? Chill. It's so nice. Is that just... like a psychological thing? Is I think it, uh... there's a sense of uh, maybe validation or completion. of like, okay, there's chemicals in my body that should have been there since I hit puberty and now they're there. And yeah. your body goes, ah, oh, okay. It's so really you, nice. you almost feel complete. Yeah, there's definitely a sense of you're on the, you're on the right track now. Yeah, like the train... And now you're on the right. That, that wow. how That's I felt. Incredible. It's really nice. Really yeah. nice. It's not like a, I didn't pop it, and then all of a sudden I'm. <laughs> you're a not like. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. not like Bradley Cooper in Limitless, where it like <laughs> yeah, yeah, suddenly <laughs> like changes. Yeah. That would be amazing, though. Yeah. But uh, John, you you click something with me with my dad, and it, it, parents are amazing, right? And and you know if you. Some people obviously don't have parents, but if you do have your parents, um, I, 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 with my dad and I, my parents got divorced when I was eight years old. And, Same. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, and it's quite a triggering time in your life and lots of different things. And, and I sort of moved closer to my mum because it was my mum. We grew up in London. My dad was away. And, and typically what happens is, is that you're living with your mum. And so you, you definitely think that, that probably my dad was the enemy. In, in, a, in a way, not like the enemy, but he was... Yeah, you have to figure something out as a kid. You figure something yeah. out, right? Yeah. And so for many years, I suppose I sort of blamed my dad in lots of different ways. But actually, as you get older, you realize there's two to tango. And, you know, love and things don't work out as you planned. And, and you kind of realize that, you know, yeah, as, as you experience your own relationships and realize that actually sometimes people just don't fit together like a jigsaw. Um, and so for many years, I kind of... Um, probably said not many great things in articles about my dad and things like that in podcasts. Right. And I remember feeling very guilty about it. And um, I sent my dad a message. Um, and I sent a message saying, Dad, I just want you to know that um, you're the greatest dad. And I'm sorry that I haven't said that to you. That's really nice. Yeah, and he responded and he just said, I um, just want to say I couldn't be more proud of you and thank you for that. And, it, and again, it wasn't many words. And I said a whole thing, a whole more than that and stuff like that. But it was just a, literally a couple of sentences that he sent back. It's such a dad thing to just be concise with yeah, the feed. Because yeah. they can be very withholding, potentially. Yeah. It's a cliche, but they can be. 
and then just to nail it they're just like okay one uh, word I'm not, I'm not gonna say very much but it's gonna be the best thing you've heard <laughs> yeah, in yeah, 10 yeah. years yeah that's exactly it. That's and, nice. and you that's and nice. you don't need any more or any less yeah. and, it, and it's an amazing thing and actually you know i think that we um our parents you know show love in different ways and and we all experience love in different ways but um I feel like, you know, when you have parents like that, it's pretty lucky. When you get to the age, perhaps, that you realise as well, you, you become conscious that people don't all stay together and that mm. it was a good decision, a responsible decision they made. That's kind of a big thing for a, maybe a teenager, maybe, maybe yeah. too much for a kid to understand. But as a teenager, you're like, oh, they made the right decision for the family. And then yeah. everything kind of flips. And So so yeah. you because you said earlier that your mum is a lesbian. Yeah. So is that why your parents divorced when you were eight? Because of... I can uh, only imagine it had something yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but, Tom. <laughs> I don't know. fair question. Was, was that, that the reason was, why they... I reckon yeah. your, your dad was like, yippee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Isn't it weird that it never works the other way around? <laughs> yeah. It's never if a guy, if, if the yeah. husband is like, I'm, I'm seeing other guys. And the woman's like, oh, that's so hot. Like, yeah. <laughs> never, why is that never the case? It should be. Why it should isn't be. that the case as well? <laughs> it's because of the way we think of sexuality. Male sexuality is very solid and female sexuality is very mercurial and very fluid. Yeah. So it's not treated with as much. So it's just women are just liquid coming together and two men oh that's this doesn't make physical sense yeah 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 it's the way society i i I also i think it has to surely to maybe not but to do with porn as well i think i think porn (laughs) always comes back to porn with you doesn't (laughs) it i was listening to zz mills episode (laughs) at some point point it comes back to porn always but it's not like porn okay so porn (laughs) originally right was you know especially for back in roman times yeah Yeah. Yeah. back in pagan times but it was you know as a sort of as a as a guy you'd watch um uh you know heterosexual porn and you would also watch lesbian porn because that and that would be okay and and, that, and it's true but that, it's and that, so true and actually and gay porn was more taboo back when i was younger it was yeah. more like a taboo thing it was like oh like i didn't watch gay porn something like now it was harder for you to find wasn't it yeah <laughs> but it was and so i think that it, it for for some reason it seems more sexual i suppose for for lesbians I don't know why and that's from back in the day maybe I'm making it confusing no absolutely and and this is something I've got to say because I've been thinking about it for so long Um, so uh, when I want to see like myself represented in porn like you want to see a transgender person in porn so I'm like oh okay I, I can imagine myself in that scenario you have to type in the most like horrible words if you type in transgender porn it's um, the statistics about transgender people in porn yeah. you have to type in like the, the words you're not supposed to say I, I, I don't think the word shemale is exists outside oh, is of that porn, the but, type of stuff that you, have, you to... have to type it in if i want to see myself i have to go i have to like dig into a really what? dark part of myself oh my and be God. like stuff i tell people not to say yeah like, yeah oh i fucking want to see that <laughs> but my point my point is you type that in and that then that is wild yeah it's mad but then on some of the big I, I can't remember the name of it but one of the big ones the big sites it will say you've reached the the trans section of this site would you like to go back to the heterosexual section or stay on the trans section right so you're like okay if you choose i want to go back to the heterosexual section the first thing you'll probably see is two women. It'd be like, oh, you're back on the straight, the straight, that's it, the transsexual or the straight. So you're in the straight section now, here's two women doing it. Really? That just says what? what we think about wow. female sexuality, that it's just for men to watch. It's yeah. so, right, you're in the straight bit now, two ladies are going yeah. at it. Definitely not the right section then, is it? It's the wrong I bit. I didn't realise there was a whole other section thing. where you have to get like, you have to say you definitely want to enter it before you enter it. Yeah, I, th- I can't remember which site it is, wow. but I'm sure it's, it's on our We'll put list. a link in the description. <laughs> yeah, let's go, we'll go and watch something. Yeah. Jordan, uh, listen, I just realised we've got to stop there for part one. I'm so sorry we've gone on for so Great. long. Uh, listen, we're going to come back uh, to part two. <laughs> we'll see everyone in part two. <laughs> Bye-bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.